Welcome back to the Forking Wellness Podcast. My name is Barry, registered dietitian. And I'm Sophie, registered nutritionist. And today we have the lovely Lottie, aka the Tummy Diaries. Hello. We are so thrilled to have you on the podcast. I've been following your journey um, with IBS and kind of how you turned something that was a struggle into kind of a business and helping others. I think it's a fantastic story. And I think that our listeners would love to hear it. Thank you so much. It's an honor to be on here. I love your podcast. Oh, well, we are very honored to have you. And we love just having kind of chats with people um, and keeping the conversation nice and positive, but down to earth at the same time and kind of just being real about, um, you know, real life situations, not kind of glorifying them or, you know, making out that they're easier to deal with than they are. So, as real as you want to get, we will invite you to talk about whatever <laughs> you feel comfortable discussing. That sounds good to me. I'm up for that. <laughs> Amazing. So why don't you start by um, introducing yourself to everyone and telling us a bit about what the Tummy Diaries is. Yeah, so my name's Lottie and I have a blog and Instagram account called The Tummy Diaries. And I also recently have another account called You've Got This. Um, the Tummy Diaries is basically stuff is a very personal blog um, with my journey of IBS. I think my account actually started off as at FODMAPI. Um, <laughs> and looking back now, the Tommy Diaries is a bit more, um, a bit of a better name. But um, basically, I got diagnosed with IBS. Well, I've lived with it probably all of my adult life, about eight to ten years. And when I first realised I had it, I didn't really know what it was. So as I sort of learned a little bit more, I decided to create my account um, to sort of just help myself at first um, through my journey and find other people that are going through similar. And it has now become an account where I'm very honest um, about IBS and all different aspects of my life, whether that be mental health, um, through to gut health. And I just try and sort of be positive and empower other people that are going through a similar journey. Yeah. Have you always been so open or was there, you know, a part of you that was maybe a little bit embarrassed when you were first diagnosed? Because I think that is something people suffer with. Is that kind of like embarrassment factor? Oh, definitely. I think it was embarrassment that slowed down my diagnosis as well. Um, okay. I was, I, the words IBS were thrown at me a couple of times at the beginning, but I mean, the word bowel just isn't, isn't <laughs> a glamorous word, is it? And I was like, no, it's definitely not that. Um, and I was, yeah, I was definitely embarrassed to talk talk about it. And I think where we are now, it's a much more open topic. There's still a big taboo around it. But that if you look on even Instagram or if you Google IBS, there's so many people sharing their stories. But I remember even about probably five years ago when I sort of accepted, yeah, this is what I what I've got. There was there is hardly anything in comparison. So yeah, haven't always been that open, but I guess every time I click post and more and more people say, oh my God, I, I live with this too. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I'll just keep sharing until, well, I'll keep sharing. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. there absolutely isn't anything to be embarrassed about. No. Exactly. And I think it's interesting because IBS presents itself so differently in so many different people and there's so many subcategories of IBS. So was your diagnosis process difficult like what were some of your symptoms that you had that led you to kind of go to your GP? So I think for me the main things were bloating um like but really painful bloating um and sort of cramps 
and I felt sick all of the time. Um, I did discover at, in very, very early stages of testing that I can't to tolerate gluten. So I went completely gluten free, which which helped a lot. Um, but the journey of diagnosis was I'm pretty rubbish with timescales. It was probably took a good five years just to sort of rule everything else out. Um, I had pretty much every oscopy going um, <laughs> and every test just to make sure it wasn't anything else. And that a lot of doctors just sort of passed me over and bobbed me off and didn't really give me an answer. So it was definitely a complicated journey. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, I was saying to Barry before we kind of jumped on hit record that to a degree, you know, a lot of us do suffer with IBS symptoms but obviously it's very different when you're experiencing these symptoms to a certain severity every single day because it does get in, in the way of your life and that's very different to, you know, I get bloated some evenings, but, you know, that doesn't kind of upset me or it doesn't cause me too much pain, you know, it doesn't get in the way of my life and, you know, some people might experience constipation or diarrhoea every so often, but again, I think, you know, I'm very lucky and I don't suffer with any symptoms, never have, Um so for me, I can't you know, imagine how much it can disrupt your life when you are suffering with those severe symptoms, you know, every day or every other day or however often it is. Yeah, yeah. I think, oh, sorry, I think like people with IBS, and I'm, I don't mean to like generalize, but I really think you do have to be your own advocate because a lot of the time, you know, you get all these checks, you know, they're going to want to test you for Crohn's and colitis and kind of all these other intolerances and make sure that everything's okay. And then it's like, once you're all fine with all that, it's almost like a default diagnosis. So it's like, okay, well, you don't have Crohn's, you don't have colitis, there's nothing obstructing your bowel, you know, you've fixed your intolerances and removed all these allergies, but you're still having these symptoms. Oh, it must be IBS. And that kind of feels really deflating. I, I can imagine. I mean, I, I know a lot of people who have gone through it, family members and, you know, previous patients. And it takes a lot of like mental strength to like push the doctors to be like, no, there's something wrong. I'm not making it up. Like these symptoms are real. Um, is that something that you experienced in your journey? Yeah, definitely. There's a couple of points there. I think um, the fact that there, it's not one size fits all makes it so difficult. And I think that's where, again, that can help slow down you being able to get in a better place with it because you'll look at someone and that's where I guess um things like Instagram they can be great but also they can be hard because I could look at someone who's got IBS and really sort of managing it well through perhaps a certain diet and I could think okay cool I'm going to follow that diet um I'm going to cut out x y and z and actually my body's totally different it might not be those things at all it might not even be diet and I think that's where it's really difficult and also the lack of sort of education around that as well, especially um, without being disrespectful, but with, to doctors, I didn't have a single doctor in my early stages say, this is how you can manage it. I think when I got diagnosed, sort of the, the, the official diagnosis, I got a piece of paper. He wrote low FODMAP on a scribbly bit of paper, and that's what he handed to me. I didn't even get a leaflet or anything pretty. Oh. It was literally that and sent me away. And I Googled it and saw this great big massive list of my favorite foods and was like, what? So overwhelming. <laughs> like, it was awful. And yeah, I think that makes it so difficult that everybody, IBS means such a different thing. Like I have a few friends that have it and ours are totally different. 
Yeah, so that, I mean, that's crazy that they just kind of handed you that information and we're like, you know, sort it yourself because it's quite a restrictive diet and one that should only be followed, like, alongside, like, professional, you know, support from, you know, a trained dietitian or a nutritionist in that area. Um, So did you follow the low FODMAP diet? I probably, in total, have attempted it about five times. So I did, I tried and I failed. I didn't know enough about it. I had printed lists. Again, at the time, this was started a good few, maybe like I say, about five years ago. And there wasn't, I don't even think the Monash app existed. I didn't even really know much about working with dietitians. So I failed a good few times. It was more like a bit of a yo-yo FODMAP diet, which Mm -hmm. is absolutely not how you should follow the low FODMAP diet. And then it was only... A few years down the line when I understood and did my own research um, and realized what it was and how it should be done and I'd spoken to some um, dietitians and then I started it and I did it correctly and did the reintroduction because that I I was stuck on sort of the elimination but yeah. for a long time um, and then I'd sort of binge almost on the on the high, higher FODMAP um, mm-hmm. foods and it just I don't know my gut was just in bits yeah, yeah, I can imagine. So, sorry, before we just kind of delve in anymore, should we just maybe define irritable bowel syndrome for anyone that's listening that isn't quite sure what we're going on about? Yes, <laughs> we should, for sure. <laughs> so, we know it's kind of, I think a lot of people realise it's a um, condition that affects the digestive system. And, Barry, do you want to talk through what kind of qualifies a diagnosis? Yeah, so there's three different kinds of IBS. So it can come in, and these are kind of, I mean, there's a million types of IBS. It presents so differently in everyone. But like the main three that we see are IBS-C, which is IBS constipation. And then you have IBS-D, which is IBS diarrhea. And then you have the combination of both. So you can like kind of switch off with spouts of constipation followed by diarrhea and then constipated again. And that's quite um, common. And so it's hard because to in order to diagnose it properly, you need to have reoccurrent symptoms for at least three months and at least um, like one reoccurrent abdominal episode once a week for at least three months. And they're also associated with the different changes in your stool. And there's like a list of um, like a Bristol stool chart, which we can post on our Forking Wellness Instagram, um, which is also beautiful to add to the feed. But um, we can do that just so there's a bit more clarity because I don't really know if I want to go in to describe the different kind of stools. I just don't think maybe... maybe someone's listening to this on their lunch break and I just really don't want to disturb them um I'm going to save that for our Instagram page and you guys can go check it out but you know there's changes in your bowel habits um associated with pain and discomfort there could be things like gas and cramps um as Lottie mentioned before um and yeah so it's just an irregular change in bowel habits and it can be brought on by a multitude of things so a lot of people have many food triggers so common food triggers are like onions garlic um tend to be the most common things like caffeine um and you know high sugary foods high fat like fried foods um you know everyone has their own like spices and things that kind of upset but then there's also a huge um mental stress element to IBS that can when you feel stress you know how your stomach kind of tightens up and those muscles contract 
Um, and that can really lead to a lot of symptoms as well. So, I mean, I can go into it for hours because I did my dissertation kind of on the gut mental health connection. So that um, gut brain access, but there's, um, I think there's two sides of it. Um, so there's that physiological gut issues that are going on and it might be really food related. And there's also that kind of stress mental health, um, side of it that can not affect everyone, but it does affect a large people with IBS. Sorry if I just rambled for hours. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how I would define IBS. Did I do a good job, Lottie? Can I just add as well, um, one of the things that really made it make sense to me was the fact that when you have IBS, there is a miscommunication between your gut and your brain, mm. and your gut and your brain should sort of be working together for you as best friends. And when you have IBS, I try and think of it like they've fallen out. And then it's sort of like, I described it the other day as like, bitchy little girls that are now like plotting <laughs> against you and you need to try and work, get them working back together, like for the one good cause, which is sort of happiness in your health so I absolutely love that description (laughs) really visual but it really does make sense and I think the more yeah so much research you know linking the gut and the brain uh, you know more and more is coming out more recently as well um so what you just said about them kind of you know they're supposed to be best friends but they're they're not getting along when you're suffering with IBS symptoms there is research to actually demonstrate that but the way you worded it is so much more fun <laughs> yeah like, I think like when I'm having a therapy I'm like come on girls like just work together <laughs> pull yourselves together we've got this <laughs> I absolutely love that um I think that's brilliant and yeah I think so when the girls are really fighting um your gut can become really inflamed and that can be kind of detrimental because it means that food isn't really being absorbed as well during those kind of episodes. Um, So you might not be absorbing all your nutrients, especially the certain nutrients that affect that part of the small intestine. Um, So when you think of the small intestine, it's separated into three, um, three different, I don't know why I'm like, yeah, three different sections and each section is responsible for absorbing different nutrients. So, um, you know, you want to make sure that the girls are getting along because when they're not, not only is it super painful um, and really uncomfortable, but you're also at risk for not absorbing those certain nutrients. So there can be like long-term health effects as well. So if you want to tell us a bit about kind of what made you start Tummy Diaries and you were on like a FODMAP diet yourself when you started. So at first it started off as me just taking photos of food if you scroll back, you will see how absolutely horrifically awful my food photos are. They like my oh, dog's food looks better, and I still have not improved. Like <laughs> my photography, food photography is like zero out of ten. Um, so that was kind of why I eventually a little bit away from food. Um, but also, I started sharing. I think one day I just thought, you know what? I'm gonna share a picture of myself being bloated. And at the time that people weren't really doing that mm-hmm. and it was really scary I didn't have any of my friends on Instagram or anyone I knew so it was like to total strangers and I had a really good response and people were really positive and said I struggle with the same and at that point I wasn't very clued up on my body so it was almost like a bit of a cry for help does anybody have any tips these are my tips and started, we started building like a community and started, made loads of friends that sort of had just as annoying bowels as I did and um yeah the more I shared the more honest I was about the different areas um 
the more I felt like I was like really needed to understand what was going on um and I became really fascinated I've always been quite fascinated with mental health I've suffered with depression myself I've lived with anxiety for quite a while um and I just became really fascinated with that link um between it and I started to notice a difference and I guess everybody does like before you go into a meeting or whatever like you guys know like we've got the gut feeling and anyone whether you've got IBS or not will feel that gut-wrenching um, feeling when you've lost something or when you're nervous or excited and I started to sort of really consider that more so I started doing research and just followed loads of dietitians, doctors, um, reading books and I just sort of self-educated um, on how and everything just started making more sense and I just started sharing more and more of that on the tummy diaries and realizing how it wasn't just me that didn't know about all these other different factors that wasn't just purely diet and so many other people felt the same so many other people were frustrated and upset and felt in a rut um and yeah just kept sharing more yeah amazing and like you said it's just turning something that you know could potentially be embarrassing for some people into okay look we're, we're living with this kind of discomfort let's talk about it let's be friends like you know let's address it and just turn it into more of like a positive thing that we can all deal with together yeah definitely I mean it's amazing what you can bond over and like poo and <laughs> it's definitely apparently some of those things <laughs> Yeah, but I think that's great. I think, like you said, at a time, no one was really talking about that. And it was obviously a conversation that really needed to, you know, happen because so many people responded well to it, which means that, you know, that we were waiting for someone to bring this to the light and, you know, talk about the discomforts and, you know, gather that community together. So I think I think that's great and very brave that you decided to step up to the plate. Yeah. Thank you. And I think it's just as well. Um just knowing that you're not alone so mm. I love following people like you girls and people like experts that can t give us all that information but then also you want to feel like it's not just you so having someone as well just that has been there and is going through it and it does obviously you don't want anyone else to suffer but it is nice knowing you're not suffering alone, especially if we can add a little bit of humor like I've tried to keep it quite light-hearted um do like my bloated wardrobe posts and things like that just to try and put a positive spin on it as well because I mean IBS is shit like literally yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> at what point did you kind of so you obviously have kind of accumulated quite a following um over however many years at what point did you kind of think this is kind of turning into a little bit of a job right now like you know I've got a lot of people interested in what I do a lot of people following me when did that kind of, when did your page change in terms of it being a little bit of a hobby to actually, I guess, a little bit of a job? Yeah, it was probably about about a year and a half ago. Um, I guess the more I, I find that the more open I am, the better, oh, the, the more conversations um, I start. And as well, it's not just people commenting and posting to me, but I see conversations happening in the comments, which is amazing. So someone will share their symptoms and someone go oh Sophie I feel exactly the same and I just think that is amazing like watching a community form and I guess about a year and a half ago I thought okay this, this is cool I had like brands starting to approach me which was amazing because they wanted to help spread that awareness so I think if a brand can 
help whether that be a fashion brand showing um, people how to dress with chronic illnesses when they're because it can have such a toll on our body image like us women body image is difficult enough to navigate never mind when something sort of physically affects your appearance and that's something that I talk about a lot um so yeah it was probably about a year and a half ago where some brands started to approach me I couldn't physically keep on top of my dms because and I, I that was so important to me that I wanted to be able to answer as many people as I could and I just had this idea that maybe I could build a community around it and provide some actual tangible tools to help people rather than sharing purely my story but sharing what have I learned and pull out those key things that other people can take away. Mm-hmm. You said something important there that it, it's had quite an impact on your mental health as well as your physical health would you mind sharing a little bit of what those things are because I think some people kind of like you said they do feel alone and it you know, primarily we might think it's physical, you know, the bloating, the digestive discomfort, but then what impact is that having on your mental health as well? Yeah, definitely. Like if I think back to, it's only about five years ago before I sort of understood what was going on with my body, I was it, IBS definitely ruled my life. Like it was horrible. Like I would define myself as IBS because that's how much of a big portion it took up of sort of my mental and physical space. Um, I would be scared to go out um, in case I got uh, had a bad flare up. I would worry about what I looked like. I, I was permanently bloated at that point. So um, that's how sort of my bloated wardrobe came along because I've always been quite into fashion and I used to get so upset that I couldn't wear what my friends were wearing or what I, people I saw um, on the internet. I couldn't wear those clothes because I would just end up, like people would have given up their seat on the tube for me before um, thinking that I was pregnant. And also just the anxiety that comes comes with it, as we talked about the gut and the brain connection. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit of a, you're worried that you're going to be bloated or have symptoms, and then you get the symptoms, and then that flares up your anxiety and stress. And then it's like this loop, like this horrible yeah. cycle. Um, but yeah, it, it, was, it was a horrible time. Um, and it, yeah, it really affected me, caused me a lot of anxiety um and just made me feel yeah very isolated especially before my account when I didn't have anyone to talk about and then throw in all the tests and you're worried what what's going to happen have I got this have I got that why is no one listening to me the doctor's saying it's just in my head um yeah it it was it was hard but and now I I'm in a really good place but definitely I I still sometimes have anxiety and when I do I see that my IBS sort of um, flares up when it, when that happens and again if I do get bloated I get a bit anxious but I now sort of understand that and I think that's what's so important like anxiety isn't pay, based on fact it's based on your worries about the past yeah. so I think my number one aim was to better understand what was going on with my body um, both on a physical level and on an emotional chemical level and then at least that way I can sort of rationalize so when these things do happen I say okay this is what anxiety is this is what could potentially have caused uh, my body to react this way that's fine and you're sort of killing that anxiety with facts um, and it can't really survive as well and that has sort of really helped me manage both my mental health and my IBS. Yeah how did you kind of navigate your way into a more positive place? Was it just through your own research or was it through more through your account? Um, I think it was a bit of a lot of things. So my own research definitely um, was a thing that made me want to or know that it was possible to feel better. 
um, and my account was sort of the, the vessel that helped me do that. It was my outlet. It was almost like my diary. Um, I've had therapy before, not specifically for IBS, but we touched on that um, during sort of the last bits of my therapy. And that really helped me. Um, my therapist told me to keep a journal and mm-hmm. I started realizing that sort of when it clicked and all the podcasts and everything I've been reading clicked into place and thought, hang on, this is when my bad days with IBS, they, they sort of coincide with when I'm not feeling great mentally. Um, and I started documenting sort of everything that I was doing and suddenly realized, right, I've been spending all this time focusing on food mm-hmm. and I've actually built a really negative relationship with food as well because of this and me stressing over food and obsessing over food has probably only made it worse and I started to sort of understand the more sort of bigger picture of all the other different lifestyle factors I started to realize okay I need to look after myself in better general not just focus on restricting this food cutting this out what else can I be adding in and doing across across the board yeah so happy you mentioned that um, <laughs> because you know as a dietitian that's exactly the first thing I would say to someone with IBS like let's keep a journal keep let's just track your symptoms but also keep in mind not just like with food yes I had this for dinner and then I felt like crap after that's something that we definitely want to keep track of but also like what was your day like at work that day what happened what was your mood and then we can start to see patterns so we can see patterns of things you know x doesn't always equal y sometimes it's x plus whatever plus this then leads to the event so if we can get like a bigger picture and kind of see what things in your environment and how your stress levels and your mood and then combine that with the food then we get a much better sense of what's going on and how we can like you said add things instead of always going down the route of get rid of this get rid of this get rid of this like you said that creates such a negative space in your mind where it's like oh I need to stop doing this this is bad for me it's like how can I alleviate this what things can I bring to my life can I start practicing gratitude or is there meditation or you know does yoga help or eating Greek yogurt with probiotics are those are the things that we want to change the conversation to adding things positive instead of always looking to take away the negatives yeah because it can harm your relationship with food as well I can imagine something like this oh yeah I I mean I think it's what triggered my eating disorder because I got so obsessed with food that I was in in a negative way I was scared of it I've always loved food and I've grown up being able to eat whatever I could and then suddenly when looking into the FODMAP diet and it's absolutely not saying that the FODMAP diet isn't good it's it's helpful for a lot of people and it really helped me but if we're not if we don't understand firstly how to do it correctly and also that it's the diet isn't the be all or an end all it's just one mm-hmm. part of the jigsaw then it can it can of course affect our, our relationship with food and then of course that affects our gut if we're cu- cutting out every single food on the planet except from like plain chicken and I don't know lettuce then it, that's our gut's not going to be diverse and we're going to experience worse symptoms exactly <laughs> and those foods become fear foods as well and then you start to get anxiety around the food and that anxiety triggers the IBS and we're in the circle exactly and I know that we touched on this in a previous episode because I stumble over my words and I think I got the acronym wrong but so I'll I'll use this to um, redeem myself but FODMAP is a acronym for fermentable oligo monosaccharide 
saccharides and polyols. So what that is is just the fermentable sugars. Yeah. Um, thinking sorry last time we did that none of us knew what the a was for and it's just and it was and. <laughs> and we went through it and I was like I have no idea what the a is for I feel so stupid right now it's like I can't think of any sugar that starts with an a um and it was just and um so yeah um but it's just the way that the sugars are fermented in your stomach and can kind of cause those symptoms um so it's a very very short term diet it's not something that you follow for the rest of your life it's a short six to eight week elimination phase which may be shorter or longer based on who you're working with and then what you do is you introduce each of the fermentable sugars one at a time and kind of see how your body reacts and that's a really good way for you to identify your trigger foods um but again everything is meant to be reintroduced it's not something that you you cut out forever and i think a lot of people who are probably doing it alone might not realize about that reintroduction phase and it's done super gradually so let's say you're reintroducing I don't know apples you might have half an apple on the first day then you go up a bit and maybe have like three-fourths of an apple and then all of a sudden you try the whole apple so it's it's very very incremental it's super time consuming um which can be really frustrating in itself so it's always best that you do it with a professional who's trained in it um but yeah, it's not like a long-term solution. You're not supposed to be on that elimination diet forever. Um, it's actually really restrictive. Yeah, so many people get stuck in that in that phase, and that's just where it's just just worrying that there's not enough education around that. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it's so you went through the um, the whole FODMAP diet, um, and did you find any triggers for yourself like through it? Was it beneficial? Yeah, so I found um, the fructans for me, I'm, I'm a bit sensitive to, so garlic and onion, I stay clear of, and other, other foods in that bracket, I know sort of, I know that I can have a bit, but like you were saying, Barry, it's not just X plus Y equals this, there's also, I know that, for example, I can go on holiday, and I could eat a bit more of the things that I don't usually, and because I haven't got that stress, or anything else I'm sleeping like all day in the sunshine and all of the other areas are like I've got five star for those then my gut isn't quite as sensitive so I think if you've had a stressful day and you've had no sleep and you've sat at your desk all day and then you have one of those foods that may be a bit of a trigger for you that's when you're probably going to get a flare-up but that's why I think it's so important to focus on those other areas so now although I know that okay I can't have garlic and onion and some other things I'm sensitive to I don't obsess over it and if there's a little bit in in the dinner if I go to a friend's I think okay I'll, I'll try a little bit and see how I go rather than thinking oh my god there's like more than one eighth of an avocado on my plate what is going to happen <laughs> but no I definitely found the FODMAP diet once I did it properly I did find it helpful um but yeah I think like I said just or like you guys said like it's just important to know that's not the only thing yeah, I think it's important to note as well that there's not actually, unfortunately, a specific treatment for IBS. It is more about kind of managing your own symptoms. <laughs> yeah, and I think that could be really, you know, for people with that diagnosis, it's like, okay, now I have this diagnosis, what's my treatment? Mm -hmm. And there kind of is no magical 
pill that you can take to alleviate it. And it's kind of like, okay, well, go through this process. And it's really, really long. And usually by that time, you would have had suffered for quite a while in order to get the diagnosis. Then you get the diagnosis, and it's still not a clear-cut answer of what you have to do. Um, So it really is quite, I can't even imagine, but quite a tumultuous journey. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's where mindset is so important, because yeah, it sucks that there's not a magic pill and there's not a one-size-fits-all answer. But if you just stay in the mindset of this is crap and I'm going to feel like this forever, then to be honest, you probably are. But yeah. if you mm-hmm. try and open your mindset to be more positive and think, okay, my IBS might always be my Achilles heel. Um, but And that's my body's way of saying that something that's going on or something that's happened in its surroundings or what you're putting in it whether that be food or let's say exercise etc that is how it reacts it might react in a bloated or constipation or whatever it may be but if you can think right okay I this is my body I can better understand it I can may not be able to fully control it but I can definitely better manage it um, and I can have an improved quality of life if you've got that growth mindset then then it can get better but I think some people and certainly I found it too um, it was just frustrated and you get yourself in a bit of a rut and I get people messaging me all the time saying I don't like I've kept a journal I've done this and I can't find an answer like I just feel like I'll never be cured that's unfortunately if you're thinking that way that that's part of the problem and I wish that I could just say, say here we go this is what I did but it is a journey and you have to you have to be committed just like anything if you yeah. want to prove like if in your job if you wanted to get a promotion and be better Get, get ahead you need to put the work in I think that's the same with our bodies and our minds we really have to be committed to learning and understanding and making sort of small changes here and there that will together make a big difference definitely so talk to us about your other account which is you've got this <laughs> yeah Where did that come from how old is that how did you come up with the idea and what is it um so Basically, the Tummy Diaries is more of my personal sort of blog and account where I share my own journey. And I guess it was born out of, like I said earlier, when people started um, talking to each other in the comments, I was like, this is cool. Like, and I thought, I really want to, like, I can see a community forming, but at the moment, there's not somewhere for it to be quite as easy to use. So I just, I don't know where you've got this came from. I think I do always, I end so many messages. I know it's cheesy, but saying like, girl, you've got this. And then I just, I love that. Like, wow. Yeah. So yeah, it started off. um, I had loads of ideas on how I could make it more tangible. Everything that I was sharing of my story. And I talked to you about journaling and how important that's been to help me um sort of recover and get in a better place so I've always wanted I've been a massive stationary fan for all of my life um so I wanted to create a journal so I was sort of doing that on the side um started writing everything up creating some resources working with um some dietitians help make sure I had some really good um stuff in there and then I thought of this community and thought okay this could all be one place so You've got this is now an Instagram account um, where I share some illustrations. I randomly decided I'm an illustrator as well. Um, just bought an iPad Pro and <laughs> do some not that great illustrations, but they're oh my God, they're amazing. I oh, actually I love them. They're so <laughs> I, I literally think I told someone that you might have been a graphic designer. Are yeah, you? Are you? 
Do you not? Are those just like you just? No, I'm in. So I'm an events manager. I've been in marketing. I did go to design college, so I did a little bit of graphic design there. But I've never picked up an iPad and procreate until about six months ago. Um, That is so so impressive. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But I just wanted to create a safe space for people to come that wasn't about me. Because if in reality, the Tummy Diaries, as much as I try and make it about other people, is my journey. Um, so I wanted you've got this to sort of be built by everyone and I created a Facebook community which is just my favorite place on the internet and it's just women um, coming on there and just saying this is how I feel whether it be a rant about how annoying their stomach is or some really good tips or people share their favorite outfits that are bloke friendly or their favorite podcasts it's amazing it's like such a supportive place and I think about all of the things that the internet and social media can be bad for, but this place is just like everyone raising each other up. It's honestly like I can hear like whooping like when I go on it. Everyone's just so lovely to each other. Um, so yeah, it's just become more of a community and a safe space for anyone living, whether it be mostly it's gut health, digestive problems, but also sort of any chronic illness or even people that are just um, struggling with body image and just need somewhere somewhere to go someone to talk to and a place to get a bit of positivity that sounds so lovely and you know to cultivate that kind of community in the digital space is so rare and so unique and like it's only something that like we hope for at like forking wellness um so it's just so amazing to hear that you've you've rallied up these women and it's just a great place for women to support women which we absolutely love yeah, no, it is, it is so lovely. So yeah. tell us about the journal. Is it every everything that you need to record to kind of navigate your IBS life? So if someone was just newly diagnosed, is this something that they can use? Yeah, so it's, um, it's not just those with IBS. It's anyone that wants to improve their gut health. Um, but, of course, a lot of those people from my community do have IBS. So when I started tracking my food, um oh sorry started trying to improve my IBS and I was looking for a journal everything was just a food tracker um or food diary even if you google it now a lot of those are food diaries often asking about calories and things like that and again that's just only focusing on one piece of the puzzle and when I was talking to some dietitians about it I would say what what do you recommend people use and they say oh we haven't really got anything it's just sort of document there's a couple of apps and stuff um, so I wanted to create a place that, um, in the journal that looks at everything. So the 360-degree approach. So um, the key things that it tracks um, is your diet, your sleep, your stress, and your movement. But it also tracks things like your hormones, your cycle. Um, and it's got a place to put your food. It's got a space to put whether you went for a run or a little walk. But it's also got two big sections where you put a detailed piece on how your tummy feels that day and how your mind feels that day. So if you're just tracking your food, you think, is it that bit of garlic? But actually you could look back and say, actually, no, I had a massive blazing row with my boyfriend today. Mm-hmm. And that could have been why. Um, or it could be um, that they just start to notice um, that, they're not, that their sleeping is affecting mm-hmm. their lack of sleep or like the heat lately. We've had like really bad... Or, good heat wave but in yeah. and it's not it's not been easy and I've seen a lot of girls in the group say I feel really bloated and I feel crap because of the heat um but I've seen it in my diary and I've realized it's actually could have been my sleep um mm-hmm. 
So it's three months worth of um, journaling and tracking the 360 degree sort of approach to your lifestyle. But then also it's got loads of resources at the back. So um, it includes some of my tips on mindfulness, on body images, things like a letter to your younger self. What could you tell? What would you tell yourself? Um, and things like that, looking at um, your routines and building sort of like say gratitude lists and sort of setting your day up to be positive. Mm. And there's also some bits from dietitians as well um, on just to make sure it's sort of as factual and helpful as possible. Yeah, I absolutely love that you included kind of those dietitians to help with kind of the research behind it, because, you know, as helpful as it is, like you said at the beginning, you know, your experience of IBS could be quite different to someone else's. And they, you know, might be looking at you and be thinking, but I don't get that, but I do get this. So mm-hmm. having resources is so helpful. Yeah, I really wanted to include that. And just so there's a bit of hope so that it's all at the back and they can just go on there and complete a little bit per day and see if they're not alone and it sort of covers the gut the gut and mind connection as a whole not specifically for one condition so there's ladies using it for their Crohn's or their endometriosis or um fibromyalgia or anything because all of these things can still impact the impact the gut anyone that's mm-hmm. symptoms and even some of my friends actually bought it and they don't have gut gut um problems but they just want to sort of get more in tune with their bodies Mm-hmm. And it really helps you understand all the different things in your life that could be having an impact on your mental or your physical health. Yeah, we're down for anything that kind of encourages yeah. people to be more in tune with their body. Because I think it, or we think, it's so essential to your overall well-being. It's like you can't go wrong if you're kind of on a journey to try and improve your relationship with yourself. Definitely. Yeah, and I think so often we've been like, not told to distrust our bodies but there's so much over information overload coming from like every source but like very rarely from a young age do we look within we're kind of always told oh you need this you need this you should do this but like who asks us like what do we need do you know what I mean it's just like something I don't know I think about but the story tries to get there aren't specific answers in there it's helping people find the answers for themselves and for their unique body so it's just getting you to listen to your body and all the different things that you're doing and how each thing impacts you whether that be positive or negative and then hopefully you can build a more positive um, regime and lifestyle and get in a really good place of it by the end of these three months and beyond Yeah. yeah Something that you mentioned that's in there that I think is so important, and I don't really think I've heard this conversation a lot, but you mentioned hormones. And so I remember I did this wellness talk a few years ago about women um, in menopause. Um, and one of the really interesting things that I came across was that women going through menopause, I think this is this the statistic, but obviously don't quote me on this, but it's something like women going through menopause are like twice as likely to be diagnosed with um IBS and women are three times more as likely to be diagnosed with IBS than men and what that actually comes down to is hormones is that and you might uh, be able to relate like when you're coming up to your period you might have a worse stomach like a lot of people know that they're coming onto their period by like their bowel movements and that's because the drop in estrogen leads to disruptions in the bowel and when you go through menopause you lose your estrogen or your body's ability to produce estrogen and it kind of mimics that same things so being able to track your cycle and syncing that up with your bowel movements is something that I've never heard a doctor mention like but 
it's so important. And another thing that just like, let's bring this to the conversation. Like, yeah, let's talk about periods. Like, I know people shy away from it, but it's another piece to the puzzle. I do actually get quite a lot of women say that about menopause and say they were absolutely got fine beforehand and now they really do um, struggle with it. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, I think that's great that you've included that. I like know off the top of my head, like a few people already that I'm going to, um, send your way to get this journal because I think just everyone could use a bit of like mind body connection um whether it's with IBS or whether it's not with IBS um it's just a great way to tune in thank you yeah and hopefully build some there's things in there like talking about meditation and just building some small little things in your life that can just make a big difference like for me meditation is being I've always thought, you know what? No, my brain is so busy. I can, can't even sit still for two seconds. I can't even, yeah, I can't even watch. My husband hates me. I cannot even watch a program without me. Like, <laughs> I have to store a list, like, in my phone of things I want to say that I'm allowed to say at the end. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, the nightmare. Like, we've been to the cinema once in our whole relationship because I am such a nightmare with it. But, and when I first tried meditation, it just wasn't helpful. But now it's one of the things that, I go to most mornings and I just know that it's something that's going to set me up for a positive day. And I, I do believe that it's really helped me relax that gut brain axis and helped me manage my symptoms. There's things in there as well, like exercise. Like I used to think, well, I have to be running on a treadmill for an hour. That's what exercise is. But I've put in the diary all different fun movements. So it could be dancing in your pants in the kitchen. It could be taking your dog for a walk. It could be doing yoga but all these different things to put a, make it a positive thing that you want to include in your life definitely so do you have any kind of plans that you know what's next for the tommy diaries or are you kind of set with what you're doing at the moment and you're going to see where else it takes you because you've done so much already oh thank you so much um i definitely the community thing is what's so important to me and I'm an events manager. I was full-time until a couple of weeks ago and I've now gone part-time. Um, so I'm an events manager in healthcare as well. But events is sort of my another passion of mine. I just love making people happy and seeing people come together. So once this whole COVID thing is out of the way, definitely we did, I was supposed to do an event, um, I think it was like three days before lockdown, which we obviously oh. had to put on hold. So and but you've got this didn't exist then um which is crazy like before lockdown it yeah. wasn't there it, it was born it was covid baby <laughs> um, <That's amazing. laughs> so i'd love to sort of bring people together in the community there's already we're already doing zoom calls and stuff like having a saturday night zoom call every so often so being able to meet face to face um would be amazing and yeah just building that um more and as well i want to create some more videos um from both myself and also experts sharing more tangible tips because it's great sharing experiences but also people want to know how like we want a quick answer so they don't have to go through that pain that I went through of not having a clue what to do like I hope people can come onto this page one day and think okay cool I know the next steps that I need to take to be able to hopefully feel better and have a better quality of life yeah definitely I love that so much um, so we did put out some questions to our followers to see if they um, had for you. Mine were all answered. They were mainly just around like, did you find, did you try the low FODMAP diet? Was it helpful? Um, like, what are your triggers? Um, so I think that 
just is probably a lot of people who are struggling at the moment and just wanted some, you know, some support and to know that someone else is going through the same journey as them. But we've kind of touched on all of that. Um, so do you have any questions? Uh, no, we, we've literally covered everything people asked. Um, it's been a pretty detailed discussion from Lottie, which is amazing. So I talk a lot and very fast, so I hope everyone's been able to I think it was a super helpful episode and it makes it even more kind of special in a way that, you know, you're not a doctor, you're not a dietitian, you're just someone who's turned something that was quite disruptive to your life into such, you know, a positive journey which is so amazing to see. We loved having you on the podcast and we will link um, in the show notes to if you want to um, follow either Lottie's personal page, um, the Tummy Diaries, or You've Got This. We'll put both in the show notes as well as a link to the journals if you find that that's something that um, you'd like to try. Um, yeah, and please, if everyone can rate, review, and subscribe, and follow Forking Wellness on Instagram. Thank you so much for coming on, Lottie. Thank you so much for having me. It was lovely. Bye. 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 Bye.